Hello everybody and welcome to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for everything that is horror, and we are your hosts. My name is Justin. And my name is Brandon. Welcome to the show, our first bonus episode of the year. Uh, yes, it is. I'm 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 excited to talk about this one. Yeah. Um, I've been a card-carrying psycho fan for this, mm-hmm. like, since I was able to be i guess um but yeah when you told me that this was what we were doing i was super excited to talk about it yeah it's i mean it seemed fitting you know obviously because of my pick psycho and what your pick's going to be which we'll reveal at the end of the show but right i mean it's i think it's what most people get at least of our generation mm-hmm. get into horror movies with because you know when we came up it was Halloween was out, and Scream was coming, and I mean, it was just, hit everything hit at that right time where the slasher boom of garbage was kind of ending, and the good stuff was coming back. And Right, yeah, Scream came out when I was 13, which was about the time, I mean, I had been watching them before that, little bits here yeah. and there, but when we get into some of our personalized stuff later, I'll explain more on that, but... Yeah. It was always kind of just this, I wouldn't say forbidden fruit, but like being younger, my parents were a lot more selective back in the day being like, okay, you can watch this or now you probably shouldn't watch this. And I'm like, "Ah," just made me want to watch it more, which, right, yeah. Made it even more tantalizing when you Mm -hmm. did. It did. So we're talking slashers, if he didn't guess already, it's, I'd say our favorite subgenre of horror. Mine for sure. How would you compare it you know on the list because i know you're a big fan of uh the paranormal as well so yeah but you know that's been more recently like i i liked paranormal activity and some of those other ones you know as they were coming out but my my fascination with it has been fairly recent Mm -hmm. just because i've been trying to deep dive into it but i've been a slasher fan since i was a kid i mean halloween scream Mm -hmm. um, fridays you know they're your they're what I grew up on more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely have um I have my favorites. I definitely have a um not I'm not sure what the word I'm trying an attachment, I guess you could say yeah. because like when all those movies came out, like you had like before the boom of the remakes, um like Scream was probably the like that was the one that I like the big one that came out when I was in my, you know, molding years, I guess you could say. And so, yeah. Yeah, me too. All right, so let's just talk briefly about why we love slashers in the first place. Because uh-huh. it is one of those creepy things. It's When I tell people I like horror, some of them are like, oh, yeah, me too. But others who don't like horror are like, how can you watch that <laughs> stuff? And slashers are kind of the epitome of what people associate with in the bad form of horror yeah it's like you're watching people kill people in a very real way Mm-hmm. yeah what's wrong uh, with you yeah exactly um, and i don't know the answer to that because that's one of the things i like is that it is so real yeah um like i was saying before we started recording it everybody has that dark side in them already whether people want to admit it or not or not i feel like us people out there who like don't aren't afraid to say that we like to watch horror movies or that we we like Mm -hmm. you know that genre and everything that's underneath it for the most part um we don't necessarily hide that fact like it was what i was talking about with like car accidents when when there's a car accident or something horrific happens everybody stops and looks everybody watches Mm -hmm. um I haven't met a person yet that will say, "Oh no, if there's if something like that happens, I don't look. I just keep going straight ahead." Like everybody stops. Everybody slows down. Everybody gets rubbernecky. Like yeah. it's in our nature and I'm it's I'm this not going to weird fascination and yes. curiosity. And I mean it goes I was thinking about this yesterday. Like back in the day people would watch gladiator matches where they would pit people against lions and other people yes, to the exactly, death. exactly exactly and it's like this is the tame version of that because mm-hmm. no one's yeah. actually dying here right yeah i i agree with that completely there's i don't know if i'm not going to pretend to understand the human psyche because yeah. i barely know myself 
but to say like oh. <laughs> but like going back all the way like you said to the gladiator days like people for fun would watch people get maimed by mm. other other gladiators or ferocious animals like mm. it it's just ingrained in there somewhere to where there is this um it's weird too because like when I was younger also, and even still now, like I, I love history. I'm fascinated by all of it um, with, you know, World War Two and, you know, the Third Reich and then the Nazi occultism, all that kind of stuff that like is just the worst in human nature. But there's something about it that's still fascinating to just it's like the mindset of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I myself would never understand what it's like to be that kind of person. But at the same time, watching it, understanding it, all that kind of stuff, it, it's fascinating. And like, yeah. I wish I could. Yeah, and put I'm it into kind words of the better. same way. It's not like, oh my God, I want to do that because there are people who are like that. Right. Neo Nazis. Yeah. And you get into that whole, you know, the bad side of it. Mm -hmm. But there is that part of it's like, how can someone be that way? Yeah. To try to As understand that's crazy. Like I'm probably the most, the least confrontational person on the planet. Oh no, you're very <laughs> passive. I'll give you that for sure. <laughs> and but there's something about. I think it's for me. It's like it's an outlet. It's like mm -hmm. I'm not able to do these things myself. I don't like to do them. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So getting to see others do that, or like this person did me wrong. So as you know, I guess putting myself as the final girl or boy, <laughs> being right. able to stand up to that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's why I love superheroes, like being able to stand up and and do that kind of stuff in a way that, like, I've gotten better at it, but I'm yeah. not like that. No, and I agree with you completely, because when I first met you, like, seven years ago, like, obviously we evolve and we, we grow as people, but, like, if meeting you back then, like, I... I we kind of formed a friendship over the the nerdier side of things like mm -hmm. it wasn't until later that i knew that you liked horror movies and i'm like i would never have guessed because you yeah. like you are very non-confrontational you geeky the same like whatever you want to say about it but like uh yeah dude i would never have guessed that and it's just extra so more layers of fun to add yeah. to me. So I talked about the the real world horror of it all. What's one of the things you like about uh, the So genre? I really like sat down about an hour ago and I'm like, I'm eating my breakfast and I'm like, let's write this out. I'm going to mm -hmm. actually put some thought into it because I'm like, it's not hard to come up with on this. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to just be like, I like it because it, it, it's fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously. It is fun, Brandon. That's so, a good point. <laughs> so I wrote out a, a paragraph on it, and I said, for me, it's it's difficult, difficult to really explain why I do love horror movies, you know, slashers in particular. Uh, you know, I don't really find them as terrifying as I did when I was younger. Like, watching, sure. like, like I said, when I was 11 and Candyman, like, I told this story many times, but like, I have yet to feel that way about a movie. Uh, here I'm 38. I'll be 39 in May. Like, that was 27, 28 years ago that I've been truly scared by something that I've seen. And um, I, jump scares don't count. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah. Know, they'll get you. Every once in a while, you'll be watching something that you don't expect or you're immersed, and all of a sudden, it's like, boom. Like, okay, you got it. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes the... The ghost movies will give me the goosies and make See, me and that's feel... that's what I, I count as a scare is because it stays with you. Yeah. And you think about it after, and it's like, you try and sleep, and it's like, it's kind of in the back of your mind yeah, whether you want but, it to be or not. So, like, but, like when it comes to that, for me, like, like Candyman, when that happened, I felt that way about that for a while. Like, that one truly yeah. stuck with me. Like, when I told you, like, watching White Noise... Like, mm -hmm. I get this really weird anxiety during mm -hmm. the watching of it, but it doesn't stick with me. I mean, I'll, I'll, like, remember and talk about it, but it's not something that I'm, like, outside of just being like, oh, man, that was good, or okay, you know. It rouses something in me, but it doesn't necessarily stick. Like, Well, like, part of that is because we're in our upper to mid-30s, yeah. and we've seen a thousand of these. I, I so know, that's... and that's why I like <laughs> trying to explain that. But um, so I said it was almost kind of like a forbidden fruit as me, for me as a kid, like mm. you said, more tantalizing. Um, so back in the day, I wasn't really allowed to watch horror films, and it was depend like, you know, depending on the movie, my parents would send us to bed. 
and they would stay up and this is obviously back when we had video stores which i miss dearly um they would they would stay up they'd watch it and they would let us know the next day if it's something that we could watch or not you know which is why you know this childhood memory will always stay with me and how the crow will always be linked to that because i remember like they would watch these movies and they'd be like all right you got to go to bed well you know and i would sneak into the bathroom and try to watch it you know from the hallway or i remember i was at a babysitter's house one night and i i don't know if it was I don't remember which it might have been Freddy five or something like that. I like I was younger, but, (laughs) but it was one where I kept like getting up and going out in the living room and trying to catch as many glimpses as I can. They're like, go to bed, go to bed. You don't need water. You don't got to go to the bathroom, you know, go to like, okay. And so I'm like, it was something that was like kind of sheltered from me. And so all it did was make the curiosity grow stronger and stronger. And, um, it's kind of linked into my second reason that we'll get into after you do yours, but like it really without rambling too much is basically yeah. that just kind of this thing that was like, I just, I was so interested and in it being more so something that I couldn't do made, made me want it yeah. even more. And kind that of the is defiant what's tough is, is like, you want to shield your kids from this kind of stuff without making it sound even better yes. than it actually is. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, horror movies are great. We, that's why we do this show, but they're not mm-hmm. that great. Yeah, <laughs> depending on, yeah, exactly, depending on the movie. And that's the same thing with my daughter. Like, she's a little scaredy cat, but she loves these. And so being selective and being like, okay, you can watch this. This is something older. It's spooky. It's, you know, there's, it's not like we're going to sit down and watch Saw or Hostel or something like that. Right. But, like, that's the thing about watching some of those older ones like they you know they didn't have blood they left a lot of it more to like the spooky um like my daughter still hasn't seen i don't think she's seen texas chainsaw but like with halloween or some of those other ones like if there's bloody shit in there i'm not we'll just be like oh we'll, we'll watch something different or we'll watch mm-hmm. like a hocus pocus or something right. that has the spooky elements that isn't keeping her from it but also not really getting past dipping the toes if you if you will so it's yeah it's definitely trying to as a parent trying to find that balance where i don't want to repress her from it so much to where she's like i'm just gonna go fucking crazy because she will my daughter's a psychopath (laughs) uh my second reason is i find the tension and suspense more gripping Mm -hmm. in a slasher like, like I said, I've been fascinated with ghost stories over the past year or two, so they've started to kind of get me more. Right. But a lot of the other horror movies are just kind of hokey and gimmicky, and, like, Saw is interesting, but it's not scary. No, it's not at all. And Hostel, it's terrifying, I didn't even but like. it's not scary. Yeah, yeah, it's a horrifying idea, but it's not something that will keep me up at night. And a, a slasher will, because... And that's what always kind of bugged me as a kid, and I started getting nightmares, and I stopped watching these for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Because they just kept bugging me, mm-hmm. and I would get anxiety, and I didn't like it. Like, I had yeah. enough anxiety as it was. I didn't need more. <laughs> and Yeah. So it was, it was my imagination going, but what if there was some crazy guy in a mask or some just crazy guy with a knife, and he got into my house because that's just what they do and yeah. did something. It, like, that's a horrifying idea because it could happen. Yeah, I agree with you completely. So, like, I liked the saws, and I liked, mm-hmm. I liked, I liked Hostel about as much as you as you could. Like, I I didn't have yeah. any issues with it. The first one, I think, um, the second one was all right. Like, it didn't. I don't have any I issues. I didn't get with, past one. I need so, to watch it again, but I was like, it's fine. When's the last time you tried to watch it? Like, has it Years been since? Ago. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because like maybe it's something that might not it might be a different viewing this time around oh, given yeah. um but so, three. <laughs> yeah so uh hostile like the like i i actually you know gore aside like the, the story behind it like I, I it's a good movie i yeah. enjoy it quite a bit and i like the fact that it's loosely based on a real story and yeah. you know that adds just a like an actual real story not just like based on true events mm-hmm. kind of thing but um well, I guess I it's. I need to watch it again. Yeah, because I, I I 
we haven't covered it on the show and I we might have talked about it in uh, like a bonus episode but it was something similar in that um, aspect I think it took place in like Thailand instead of Europe where mm-hmm. businessmen would you know do that and oh. so um, I'd obviously have to do more research into that but yeah dude yeah. like they're like the story you know Hostile 2 kind of just took it a little bit further obviously and I never did watch three Hostel three, I think, was like a straight to video. It takes place in Vegas. I, I heard forgot it. there was a three. <laughs> I wanted to watch it, but I didn't want to pay that much money to rent it at the time. I, I want to watch it out of curiosity, but like I watched the trailer and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> how far well, that's, we have that's fallen. The thing with Saw is like, yeah, it's visually like gross and cool and whatever, but the thing that keeps it going is the story. Yeah, and that's like I still haven't watched Spiral, but the thing that I didn't finish kept it. me going. Really? Yeah. No, I started and I think I fell asleep. I, I don't remember what happened, so I got distracted. Uh, always happens with me in movies. But um, what I did see wasn't horrible. I like, mm-hmm. But I got to get past like the first 30 minutes. Sure. All right. Your next reason, right, and then we'll so, go to our top three. Okay. So um, with my, my second answer, and this is kind of like your first, is it is a, a break from reality for me. Like... But there is a sense of realism. So I said they're a great break from reality. Even though serial killers do exist, it's not in the dramatic way that they're portrayed in films. And I like I love the the, the rush of a good jump scare or you know a plot twist of who the killer is outside of the main franchises. Like obviously you know Jason and Freddy and all those. But like your screams and this and that, where or Happy Death Day, where you don't know who the killer is. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are always uh, fun. Um, even though they're generally pretty standard in the formula. Um, when you get the variations of that, where they kind of take the story and put it on its head is where it's a lot of fun. You know, like what they did with Leslie Vernon and how, you know, they yeah. made a, a, a meta version. Um, but yeah, it's just how it's nice to take you out of your own world for a little bit, even though um I don't know how to explain it. It's it, kind of like what you said with yours. Like, even though there there's a realism in it, like the realistic aspect draws you in. It's kind of the opposite for me because, like, it kind of takes me out of it for a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't That's know. Fair. I mean, to, with very few exceptions, like no other serial killer in real world history has worn a mask and made themselves up and been all theatrical and done all that like i think there might be like one that but that's it exactly and i'm glad you said that it's the theatrics i know i said dramatic but like Hmm. you you take something scary and you church it up quite a bit Mm -hmm. to where you know you get your michaels and you get your jasons and stuff like that to where you're like dude this wouldn't work in real life but it works yeah. in this world and yeah, it's an extreme version where it's just removed enough from reality to where it's like you're not watching a documentary about a bunch of people actually dying right like right it's oh he's wearing a goofy clown mask or a ghost face or a leather mm-hmm. face and I'm and like, i uh, and i know, you know i keep talking about this movie even though i don't think it's like that great or like should be like i, I should watch it again but hellfest like I always think about the ending of that movie because like the movie itself can be okay but mm-hmm. it's like Blair Witch like Blair Witch was a fine movie until you get to the end and then you're like oh fuck okay that's yeah. creepy like mm-hmm. the payoff and I I like I kind of want to watch it again just to see if I feel the same way about it but just the way that they ended that movie I'm like god that's so okay yeah great yeah, like yeah Blair Witch and uh, Paranormal Activity are kind of the same way like Paranormal mm-hmm. Activity is interesting technically yeah and as a movie buff I go oh I like what they did here but it's not until the end mm-hmm. when Katie does what Katie does that you yeah. go oh shit this is what makes me want to watch this again right and the thing about that movie too is like I'm surprised we haven't covered it yet but like they when they talk it's about it's yeah <laughs> and I already know what I'm going to pair with it so that's great I just <laughs> with that movie like i remember watching this and them having you know actors i haven't seen before you know to where it's like man like 
did this really happen? Like the Blair Witch of it all, where they hide it enough, where you're like, is this a real person? Yeah, like okay, I remember. I I want to say I remember trying to look it up afterwards, being like, did they Blair Witch this? Did they? (laughs) You know, is this like? It was pretty convincing. So let's talk our top three. We'll go through this pretty quick because we still have quite a bit to cover. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of talking to do. Uh, My number three favorite is Scream. For all the reasons we've talked about and and more. Like, it's... Came out in, what did we say, 96? Yeah. So I would have been nine. Mm-hmm. You know? I remember being into them by the time two came out, so I don't know, you know, what age I actually watched it for the first time, but right. it was too young, <laughs> would be my guess. Um, And it just set the bar. Yeah. Like, that opening scene we talked about when we talked about it, like, is the most horrifying moment in that movie well and that was the thing too with that like and with the new movie that came out they came out yesterday and how uh i believe you said did you send it to me or did i send it to you about the drew barrymore i I sent it to you okay and then i i remember i found a few more things like they kept it going like how they were hyping the movie on her show and i was like oh that's so fucking cool um yeah that's awesome it is awesome uh, my number three is Scream as well. So, it's a classic. I mean, it really it's a it's not really modern day anymore because it's like twenty plus years old. But it is right. a modern classic. But I, uh, I remember when this movie came out though, and I and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like I like it. It it started at that point, and all it did was just like because I mean it was one of those movies that actually stuck around you know what i mean Mm. and then continued to climb and has now reached the heights that it's at now but like when this movie first came out like okay this is cool you know in a a wave Mm. of horror movies like it but it had staying power unlike you know your other movies that they i I can't can't remember remember (laughs) because they didn't have staying power you know i mean like you know (laughs) you're you're like uh what was it my bloody valentine remake i know what you did last summer's like they like they're the good, di- and I remember them because I was alive when they came out. Right, but. exactly. But, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer pumped out, like, I think three movies. Mm-hmm. And it was around that same time. And as okay as that was, like, it just, it wasn't, like, it, it obviously wasn't a scream. You know what I mean? Yeah. To where it just kept going and going. It also had a killer that would become iconic. And mm-hmm. my daughter's never seen a scream movie, but she knows who Ghostface is. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh. Ghostface, you know this or that like there's like she knows who a lot of these killers are and sure granted like the listeners can't see my room behind me but like i have pictures of them all over the place and so she can come up and be like oh you know that's bubba (laughs) or you know this that and the other and so yeah your number two uh my number two is your number one halloween okay (laughs) um it's it's a classic it's the the gold standard it's the thing that everything that followed tried to imitate and rarely did right i love how you knew it was my i mean it's i, I mean how long we've been doing this <laughs> yeah what's what's on the wall right behind you oh yeah uh, <laughs> lost boys <laughs> <laughs> that too yeah yeah uh i mean it, it really is when i started after watching scream uh, i deep dove into you know the video store and horror movies and rented a new one every week and halloween was the franchise that was creepy enough that it stuck with me and i watched them all yeah so that when the remakes and everything else came out like i'm attracted to watching them however good or bad they are yeah that's the thing um uh, we'll get into that when we get to it on my list obviously so my number two also not a surprise uh texas chainsaw massacre it like leather and it's kind of the same thing with halloween like leatherface is just i would like shades behind myers when it comes to a slasher and i don't know what it is like i don't know what it is that i gravitate so much towards it aside from it just being such a a good movie Mm -hmm. but like out of all the slashers like that i can think of off the top of my head right now and it's not many because I'm kind of hyper focused right now, but mm-hmm. um, Texas Chainsaw is at least on my wall back here is the most realistic. Obviously, you know, being based off of Gein and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I could go 
and be a Leatherface somewhere in a remote spot, and that could happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have the family of cannibals with me, but like... You can either have you have time. I mean, yeah, you know, we could convert. Start training them now. Raw meats, you know. <laughs> Raw meats, yeah. But like, there, it's it's far fetched, but it's not like it, it, yeah. this could happen next door, out in the country, and yeah. I wouldn't. You'd never know. And I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> at all. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Some of the but, horrible shit you see now, it's like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I could see it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, for me, I mean, just like I watched it a year or two ago. Just guys, mm-hmm. and it just the filmmaking of it. Like it's yep. one of those like Halloweens where you go back and go, oh, there's really not that much blood. No, nope. the any. cinematography, the sh- the way they shot it, like how yeah. like we covered it when we when we did the episode with mm-hmm. um, you know the track shotting underneath the um, swing set and how that became yeah. such a, a fucking iconic scene yeah. that you know people have tried to break it down and be like how did they do this like you know it's it's just it's the well made i'm gonna start yeah, fumbling over my words but it, yeah it's beautifully shot while also being gross and gritty like that dinner scene nothing particularly bad happens in it but it no. is so it is shot and edited so grossly mm-hmm. in a good way that yeah. it's uncomfortable like it's hard to watch that movie because it makes you feel uncomfortable the whole time so if if you feel the way like we do about this movie and you haven't yet i highly recommend checking out the book uh chainsaw confidential by that was written by Gunnar hansen and it's it's well known about how shitty the conditions on this movie were but like he really talks about like just making this movie and 140 150 degrees in the van with all the wind like just melting by the time Gunnar took his outfit off like it was just it stiffened just Mm -hmm. from they only had like one set of costumes so like it just stinky like the grit really showed up on in the movie and like that yeah what you got for your number one there big dog i feel like you could guess it and anybody could and it kind of contradicts everything i've said so far but for whatever reason he has just always been my favorite slasher Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. I mean, There's a reason why we started this show off with yeah. that movie. Like, Yeah. It's... There's some... I mean, Robert England is just fantastic, but even with what... Um, What's-his-face did with it? His name I'm blanking on. Jackie Earl Haley. Thank you. He... I mean, even he brought a creepiness to it, and there's something about it that is just gets under your skin. I mean, anything that involves kids... It it does. Is, is I think with his, out. I think with with uh, Haley, his his, his uh, voice, like he didn't look like a Freddy to me. He mm-hmm. sh- sure like I think that if we didn't have England, like it, it would have been better because sure. you know he set the bar so high for that character. But there's just the way that Jackie performs his lines with just how deep and gravelly his voice can get it it, Mm -hmm. that is the only thing about that movie that i can really well that and it being modern like but yeah dude just the way he wasn't i didn't care for him as freddy so much but it's just like you said there's a, a a really dark and sinister layer like there was no how like nightmares two through whatever else in there like it was really all dark mm. all grim like no jokes no one-liners just, yeah, yeah it's it's brilliantly made it's super dark and creepy and gross and it's one of like yeah it's probably one of the most fantastical of the slashers because mm-hmm. he works in the dream world but what's scary about it is that you can't escape Mm-hmm. everybody has to sleep or you die. Yeah. And it's like, he gets you no matter what. Either you die from not sleeping or you die in your sleep. Yeah. And I had bad dreams already, so the idea of like, oh, these things that I'm already <laughs> afraid of are actually going to kill me? Oh, that's better. Like Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah you know, I, I, I get it. I can't say, man. oh, it's just a dream because <laughs> no. the dream can now kill me. No, and that's the thing is like, and, and with these movies, like, Again, the concept and the idea behind it are much more terrifying than the execution of the film. Like, the first one is 
is good. And granted, it was in the mid '80s when it came out, so like the fact that it was still what it was at that time yeah. really is is really awesome. But I don't know, like I I. It's not on my list. It's, I don't have it as like any honorable mentions or anything, but it it kind of goes without saying as well. Like I almost would like to like I was thinking about this before we started recording. Like I would have liked to um watch a bunch of these ones I haven't seen. So like going through and looking at like the top 50 slashes of all time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen maybe a third to half of them. There's so many more out there that I need, like, I want to watch. Like, you were, you were mm-hmm. telling me about the Slasher documentary that um, is on Peacock now. I was like, man, I should, I, I would have watched it last night. Like, it's a Haunted House documentary. Oh, Haunted House? I thought you were talking. Okay, never mind then. But yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, there are, I mean, there are, like, American Slasher documentaries and all sorts of ones. That you There's the Slasher about. series on Shudder, or the yeah. horror series, like... Mm-hmm. Um, so, All right, let's talk more about Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> obviously my number one is Halloween. Um, and I talk about it at nauseum in our episode about Halloween. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's a dr- it's over two hours. I was saying if you got two and a half hours to kill. <laughs> it's only two hours. I think it's two hours and five minutes. But it, yeah, like I just... So the first Halloween and even Halloween 2 are just such a... And I don't even, like, it's not even, like, I don't even have, like, this grand story of, like, oh, yeah. man, this is what it is. It's just Michael Myers is has always been my favorite slasher. A lot of, when I think about scary movies, I always think about Halloween. There are certain mm-hmm. things about different ones that pop out to me. Like, if I were to rank them, I'd probably go Halloween 1, Halloween 6, and then Halloween 2, like Halloween 2 can be treated as the same as Halloween 1, but with all sure. the sequels and everything else, I think Curse of Michael Myers is still my favorite uh, of the sequels. Um, it's just, even though they, you know, the Curse of Thorn and whatever, but like, <laughs> sure. I just, I, there, <laughs> I get kind of... I don't know what the word is. I just kind of get lost. Like, I'm just thinking like, oh, just thinking about, you know, Halloween and uh, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I just, it's always been, it's always been my favorite. It'll always be my favorite, no matter what they come out with and what they do with it going forward. Like, we'll always have 78 and whatever other ones you gravitate towards. I would really like them to come out with... I'd like them to revisit the anthology idea, like what they were doing yeah, with three. Sweet. Like I don't. That'd be a. Fu- that'd be fun to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just. Well, I mean, that's the thing. There's there's a feel and a style and a simplicity to the first Halloween that is classic, mm-hmm. and so many people, like I said earlier, try, have tried to imitate it and can't because you can only be the first first. Yeah. Like there's only one first, and everyone else is trying to ride your coattails well that's that's why nothing else has captured that right and that's the thing is i want to go like i want there's a lot of ones i want to go back and watch pre 78 or pre Mm -hmm. because even though halloween set the standard for a lot of things i want to go back and watch some of these movies that you know carpenter drew inspiration on that put it into that movie so like you know, people would be like, oh, well, you know, Halloween may have been the first to do this, but they did this and that, go like, before and all this, and it doesn't get credit for that or whatever, and I'm like, okay. Well, and Halloween yeah. is just that perfect storm, and a, a lot of it, I would say, goes to the score. <sighs> like, without that score, I don't think Halloween's <laughs> as good. It well, really isn't. It, yep. it sets a tone that yep. makes you on edge the whole time. Yep. Like we said in the, in the episode, man, there were, like that movie didn't have the score at first and they they mm-hmm. showed it off and they're like yeah this is horrible this is not yeah. good and so very thankful to john carpenter and that score for making the movie what it was or what it is now because very likely we could have ended up with something different right. um i did have an honorable mention all right you want to guess what it is i'm not really sure well, yeah, I guess that's fair because I, I could go different ways. <laughs> you, you covered all your your top hits, so I'm not really sure where I you could go I could that. go 
in different directions with it because yeah. um but i would have to say my honorable mention just because of impact on my life would be Candyman. And oh, if you want to know what that is, go back and listen to it. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, all a lot of those have different ones. Like, I love Leslie Vernon, like I mentioned. Uh, you know, Friday the 13th, um, Black Christmas. Like, a lot. there's a lot of movies that now, Black Christmas more so recently. Um, it's just, damn. You know, The Thing. Like, a lot of these movies, like... Yeah, it's not a slasher, but yeah, I mean, yeah. there's... And that's right. what's tough is like if you start to bend the rules of what a slasher is, you could probably include just about anything. Right. Okay, that actually is a good segue into the rest of our notes. All right. Take <laughs> hit it. So what what is a slasher film? Let me get your so, notes pulled up here so I can follow as well. All right. And if you have anything to interject and we'll try and break up. I got a bunch of text to get through, but we'll try and break it up and still yep. get you guys it, out of if here. If you need a break from talking, let me know and I'll jump in cuz I have what okay. you have, so a slasher film is a genre of horror films involving a killer stalk, stalking and murdering a group of people, usually by use of bladed tools. Although the term slasher may occasionally be used informally as a generic term for any horror film involving murder, film analysts cite an established set of characteristics which set slasher films apart from other horror subgenres. You gotta follow the rules! You do, which aren't even true. Like <laughs> in the movie that they're watching behind them, Halloween, mm-hmm. they don't follow all those rules. No, they don't. <laughs> Not even kind of. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, <laughs> you thought I was serious there for a second, didn't you? Yeah, I did, and then I I got it, and then I was. Oh, I saw the look like on your face. I'm like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the basic characteristics. A past, a past wrongful action causes severe trauma that is reinforced by a commemorative or commemoration or anniversary that reactivates or re-inspires the killer, built around stock and murder sequences. The film draws, the films draw upon the audience's feeling of catharsis, recreation, and displacement as related to sexual pleasure. Sexual <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean it. It is that basic Randy's rules for the most part, but you can kind of fugger with them because, like, Laurie Strode does drugs in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, she she smokes with Annie in the car. Yeah. That's true. So, uh, subgenres that influenced slasher films include splatter films, creamy films, is how I'm going to say that. K R I M I. Creamy? I hope I'm saying it right, because it sounds gross. I'll just say creamy, just so it doesn't sound creamy. (laughs) Creamy. Uh, And giallo. Uh, Splatter films focus on gratuitous gore. Crimey films were created when post-World War II Germany adapted British writer Edgar Wallace's crime novels. The crimey films were released in the late 1950s through early 70s and featured villains in blood... Uh, bolt costumes accompanied by jazz scores. Oh, so got that going. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's definitely early. You know, I mean, the the bolt costumes is definitely a good influencer for the the slasher. Right. That's what they're known for. Um, Italy's giallo thrillers are crime procedurals or murder mysteries uh, interlaced with eroticism and psychological horror. Uh, Jallo films feature unidentified killers murdering in grand fashions. Unlike most American slasher films, the protagonists in Jolly are frequently, but not always, jet-setting adults sporting the most stylish Milan fashions. <laughs> uh, these protagonists are often outsiders reluctantly brought into the mystery through extenuating circumstances like witnessing a murder or being suspected of the crime themselves. Ooh. I'm. I don't know if I would like them, but I definitely would like to see some Jalo. Yeah, I was thinking about point. that too. I've heard a lot like, about it recently. Right, and that's the thing. Like when it comes to discovering a lot of these, like going back with those, you know, the Argentos and a lot of these just older movies that I know nothing about, but feel like I should, given that we talk about these on a weekly basis. Yeah. Yeah. So, I've got a hopefully not too boring, but fairly informative uh, history to ramble through here. And again, stop me if you feel compelled. (laughs) So, writer Mary Roberts 
Mary Roberts Reinhardt's novel The Circular Staircase from 1908 was adapted into the silent film The Bat in 1926 about guests in a remote mansion menaced by a killer in a grotesque mask. So that's I want to see that. The, I do too. The Bat kind of sounds familiar, but mm-hmm. that circulates around so many things that I'm involved with on a regular basis <laughs> that it's, yeah. it's hard to say. <laughs> that's true. Uh, the Cat and the Canary from 1927, which is based on John Willard's 1922 stage play, and Universal Pictures' The Old Dark House from 1932, based on the novel by J.B. Priestley. Uh, in both films, in th- uh, the town dwellers are pitted against strange country folk, along with the, quote, madman on the loose plotline. These films employed several influences upon the slasher genre, such as lengthy point-of-view shots and a sins-of-the-father catalyst to propel the plot's mayhem. Hmm. Draw as many comparisons with that as you will. Yeah. Because there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, George Archambaud's 13 Women from 1932. Another one I've never heard of. Yeah, I haven't uh, which heard of either. <laughs> yeah. It tells the story of a sorority whose former members are set against one another by a vengeful peer who crosses out their yearbook photos, a device used in subsequent films Prom Night from 1980, which I still want to see, mm-hmm. and Graduation Day from 1981. Yeah, I feel like being on vacation this next week, hanging out while my kid has to do remote learning from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to try to see if I can pop out in the evenings maybe watch like find an old movie like this and watch dude i have a i have fucking like two or three different sets like like 150 movies total of just classic horror movies like one is that big box i showed you is 100 Mm -hmm. different movies and then i have another one i think has like 25 to 50 like the bigger box has a lot of these other ones ranging back to like the thirties and twenties. I want to sit down and try to see if I can pop out one a day. And then when the next time we record, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit. Be like what I went through. If you go through any of them, Brandon summer vacation. (laughs) No, this is, this is a teacher. Brandon staying at home, trying to be entertained while his daughter's remote learning. (laughs) That sounds fun too. Uh, one that we just talked about, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho from 1960, mm-hmm. and Michael Powell's Peeping Tom, which I want to see very badly. Yes. Uh, they released the same year and show the killer's perspective as he murders women to see their dying expressions. Eesh, yeah. Which is something that is a big deal mm-hmm. and is shown a lot. The low-budget independent film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mm-hmm. from 1974 became a major hit and the most commercially successful horror film since The Exorcist. Yeah, which came out... Exorcist came out, what, 78? Well, if it was since 80? The Exorcist, it would be before 74, wouldn't it? Okay, it might have been 68. You uh, Go ahead, um, X or... No, 73, so it was only a year. Yeah. So that's not as impressive, but... <laughs> Given everything that went into it, go listen to the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still good. Yep. Uh, Black Christmas, which we've also talked about from 1974, which I ended up loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, uses horror as a board to debate social topics of its time, including feminism, abortion, and alcoholism, using the, quote, killer calling from inside the house gimmick, which is, you know... He's inside the house. Get like out of the of house. Things. He's inside yeah. the house. Yeah. <laughs> you hear it all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me... I, I own uh, When a Stranger Calls, the original. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen like, it, though. I really want to watch it now. Mm-hmm. I lost my... Place. Um... Uh, gimmick. Uh, Black Christmas is visually and thematically a precursor to John Carpenter's Halloween, 1978, mm-hmm. as young women are terrorized in a previously safe environment during an iconic holiday and that was one of the things too i liked about um about leslie vernon is how there was like a a fan theory or some sort of theory built in talking about how uh eugene's character in that movie was supposedly Mm -hmm. the the killer from black christmas because he was never caught and so i i loved like whether or not that was meant to be like i love how people add little things to it and it just makes it it's a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. using the imagination and whatnot. 
Yeah, that's what makes me like that movie more. Just imagining, thinking that that's the same guy, and mm-hmm. then after I actually watch Black Christmas, going, okay, I could see that, and that would be great. That would be great. And we'll just say that it's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, jump-started by the massive success of Halloween, yeah. the era commonly cited as the golden age of slasher films, which is 1978 through 1984, mm-hmm. uh, with some scholars citing over a hundred similar films released over the six-year period, <laughs> which is neck and futz. <laughs> yeah. uh, the list of popular ones include Friday the 13th from 1980, My Bloody Valentine from 1981, and... Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, all of which we have covered. Which is crazy, too, because like we were talking about recently with Silent Night, Deadly Night being that if it wasn't deemed so controversial in 1984, Mm. which is crazy to think about like that movie getting like being so successful in comparison to Nightmare on Elm Street and having not even a fraction of the magnitude, I guess, of. Like, mm-hmm. what it is now is just insane to think about. Like, they... Yeah, I th- yeah, it's one of those things, like, and we talked about it, you know, a month or so ago when we talked about that movie, but mm-hmm. I think the only thing holding it back is that it just wasn't released as widely because it got pulled so much. Like, yeah. If, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if it would have the same resonance as a Halloween or Friday the 13th, but... I feel yeah. like it could have got more traction. I think so, too. Uh, the home video revolution, fueled by the popularity of VHS, for those of you too young to remember what those are, they're cassettes that you put into a video re- uh, device to watch them on your TV set. I still have one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, provided a new outlet for low-budget filmmaking. Without major studio backing for theatrical release, slasher films became second only to porn in the home video market. Fair. Because they're cheap and easy to make. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drop in budgets to accommodate a more economic approach was successfully met, or usually met, with a decline in quality. You know. uh, this era lasted from 1985 to 1995 and produced such films as Sleepaway Camp, Slumber Party Massacre, and Silent Night, Deadly Night, as well as Child's Play from 1988 and Candyman. Well, I mean, uh, Silent Endless- Night, Deadly well, <laughs> did it? It came out in '84, but didn't it get? You know, it got pulled and then re-released in '85 or something like that. Is that why yeah. it's in that part I of think the list? So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and endless sequels to the Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street franchises, all of which were rough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Uh, the slasher film Surprising Resurrection came in the form of Scream. Scrams. In 1996. <laughs> it's fucking great. Uh, which juggled postmodern humor with visceral horror. The film played on nostalgia for the golden age, but appealed to a younger audience with contemporary young actors and popular music. The film grossed $173 million worldwide and became both the highest grossing slasher film of all time and the first one to cross $100 million at the domestic box office. Which I'm so excited because I'm, I'm going to see the new one in about seven hours. Nice. Yeah, you'll have to let me know if it holds up or if it's another Scream 3. Well, and that's the thing, man, is I've heard... I haven't heard a single bad thing about it. Like, people... T- I'm, I'm avoiding Twitter sure. with a passion. It's because, probably a good just idea be- just in general. Just because of that. Because, like, people... <laughs> like, I haven't even been on Facebook a whole lot. Like, I'm like, I'm not trying to catch that. <laughs> and, like, I had a little thing spoiled about um, episode three of Boba Fett. And so I'm like, I definitely don't want anything spoiled for Scream because mm-hmm. it's very, like, uh, in the horror Twitter, like, I, I'm i not trying to catch a, catch a spoiler on that, especially when you have a Scream to where the killer will be revealed, opposed to being like, oh, we know it's Freddy. We know it's Michael or Jason or whatever. Like... Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. That's. So. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, we talked about it when we talked about the movie, but it's half the appeal of the the franchise is who's it going to be this time? And yeah. sometimes it's incredibly obvious. Yeah, like who's times, carrying it this time? Yeah, and other times they do a really good job job hiding it, or you know who it is, but they end up being someone else. Mm, yeah, like, that's my favorite. Where you're like, it's got, uh, like when it's not so heavy-handed that they're like it's this guy it's this guy it's this guy oh surprise mm-hmm. it wasn't that guy like we knew it wasn't yeah. that guy like yeah, you made you it, that- it the whole time <laughs> billy yeah billy <laughs> but it was yeah it was. <laughs> oh 
A few years later, musician filmmaker Rob Zombie strove to bring the horror genre away from pop culture and back to its exploitative roots in House of a Thousand Corpses in 2003, Devil's Rejects in 2005, and while new French extremity violence was influential in films like High Tension, which is super creepy and good, and we might cover it this year, okay. from 2003, mm-hmm. Them from 2006, Inside from 2007, which is super creepy and weird as well, uh, Frontiers, same thing, 2007, and The Martyrs, which is something that I really want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not the, that's just Martyrs, sorry. Uh, from 2008, which became worldwide hits. I've yeah. seen most of those, and they are all disturbing. Like, I had a hard time picking which one of those I wanted to actually do this year. I, I've i seen High Tension, but I haven't seen any of the other any of the other uh, French films that you mentioned. Yeah. Like, I love the Firefly trilogy, like, a lot. Yeah. And... I remember watching House of a Cow- House of a Thousand Corpses the first time, and I just the first time I watched it, it didn't really click for me. I'm like, this is just weird. Same. Like this is really <laughs> weird. And like the more I watched it, the more I'm like, okay, I get it. And then having the context of the other films, even though there's such a variation, mm-hmm. like Devil's Rejects, kind of took what House of a Thousand Corpse- Corpses did, and then you know. I wouldn't say mainstreamed it because it's definitely like it was better made. I'll say streamlined. Yeah, that's the word I was thinking. I wasn't sure if I want that was the one I wanted to use, but like the the quality was higher, and it looked more like a box office movie than than than, uh, corpses did. But like even Otis, like the like visually is the biggest change because he looks so chop toppy in you know thousand corpses and he looks more of like just a, a bearded crazy badass and and um rejects it's it's so it's so crazy and i'm sorry if you guys hear this in the background i i'm wondering if my wife is fucking with me by like having my dogs run up and down the hallway because i just hear just just i'm like stop it but, there. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing that I said when I watched A Thousand Corpses, because I don't particularly like it, though I, I'm willing to watch it again, is it was like Rob Zombie had a thousand ideas that he wanted to put into one movie, and he just went, uh, here. Well, that movie Where, was doomed uh, from the start. That was supposed to come out years before it did. Like, that was in production yeah. hell. It sat on a shelf. I yeah. wanted to say I thought they had talked about that as early as the like mid-90s. Like Probably, Go you know, back to our episode and listen. Yeah. Find out for yourselves because yes. we don't remember. No. <laughs> There's a lot. Like, we've done, I think this is like episode 85, 87, yeah. 88, something like that. Like, that's a lot of information to, to hold in the old brain cavities there. So for go sure. back and listen to our episodes, please. Yes. Boost up them numbers. <laughs> I already. Where did I leave off? Um, as 90s. Oh, uh, there we go. Uh, so as 1990s Scream-inspired slasher films dwindled in popularity, the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 2003, which is good, but not as good as the original, became a sleeper hit by playing on public's familiarity with of the 1974 original, but promising updated thrills and suspense. Oops. Their version of thrill and suspense is different than mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, uh, I kicked my desk. <laughs> if that's, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Uh, its success spawned several remakes of classic slashers such as House of Wax 2005, Black Christmas 2006, April Fool's Day 2008, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2007, and Hills Have Eyes from 2006. I actually Dream. liked House of Wax. <laughs> I don't Re- think I've seen it. Regardless of, like... It's Paris not... Hilton. Yeah, like, I mean, and <laughs> like it was cool to be like, oh, I like that movie because, you, you know, you watch her get a, you know, a pipe drilled through her head, like, or, you know, it's like... That does sound I'm cool. guilty of saying that, you know, in 2006 or 2005, but like the concept itself is it, like, I dig that movie and talking about like it being very similar in you know, a bucket of blood with encasing your victims in wax and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like the movie itself is not bad. And I, I don't know if I've seen the original, I'd like to go back, but mm-hmm. um, I really did like that one. Um, Aside from the intro over top, over the top um, hillbilly swear fest that is Rob Zombie's 2007, like yeah. I liked that movie. Like I, yeah, liked- I liked it a lot when it came out. But when we were, I don't even know if I rewatched it for the episode we did to talk about it. But <laughs> well, we have just a co- thinking we back haven't covered on it. Zombies Halloween. No, I know, but we did that original verse remake on it. Oh, uh, 
Oh, that's true. That's true. I and it's just thinking back on it's like this isn't like I loved it in 2007 and it made me get more into horror films again, but watching it now with my new love and appreciation for Halloween. Mhm. I don't like it. It's well, see, that's the thing, too, because, like, <laughs> my favorite thing about Myers is not actually having all that backstory. So, well, like, it's also creepy to be, like, in the original, it's like, I don't know why this sweet, toe-headed little kid would mm-hmm. kill his sister. Yeah. In the remake, it's like, I totally understand why he would kill his sister and anybody that comes across him, because, yeah. one, he's tormented his entire life. Yep. And two, he's kind of a shithead already. Yeah, and so like, that's the thing. No like, there's no surprise you, there, right? And if you take Halloween, two thousand seven, I think two thousand nine, whatever. You take those two movies and you put them in their nice little bubble, like as a package. Like all the things that I hate about two thousand or about Halloween two's remake, um, it makes sense because there's things about it I do enjoy, and the thing that mm-hmm. I really do enjoy a lot about these is you know Tyler Maine's portrayal of Myers and even though he's missing half of his mask in Halloween 2 and all that shit that I just pisses me off like I love white horse. His, yeah the white <laughs> horse and the mom and all like oh. but like seeing just this big strong violent hulking version of Myers who's just utterly vicious tank. And, yeah he's just, yeah he's a fucking tank you know seven feet saber tooth fucking giant beast of <laughs> a man. you didn't mention Sabretooth, I was going to. <laughs> yeah, right? But see, that's the thing, like, and th- that's also why I like the remake of um, Friday the 13th, because Derek Mears is just a giant hulking man. He's not as beefy al- as Maine is. It also like- fits that, like, I love the remake of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover it soon. I not Maybe not even this year, but I love that movie Yeah, that'd be so a fun much. original versus remake also. Yeah. Well, my thing, like, I just rewatched, um, as a for a comic book reference, I just rewatched the Snyder trilogy. Oh, yeah, you were talking about Man that. Man of Steel, the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman that actually works as a movie. Of course. And then the Snyder cut of Justice League, which <sighs> is actually a really great movie. <sighs> and it's like, if you think of this in terms of building a DC-connected universe or being true to the comics, it's terrible. But in its own bubble... It all works. Like yeah, it all it fits story, as a complete story. Yeah. It may not yeah, like you said, it may not be true to the origin or to the source, but what is being done in that circle works for what is being done right there. I yeah. do agree with you on that. But then again, a lot of the stuff that they do with these movies nowadays, like I was uh on my Snapchat and a buddy of mine was he just saw uh No Way Home. And oh. even though I love that movie like I've already seen it a couple times like I took mm-hmm. my kid to and go no see spoilers, it no spoilers don't worry and obviously no spoilers but like he was pointing out all these different things and I'll tell you about it later and I'm just mm-hmm. like oh okay yeah we'll move on yeah. from that because I don't want to spoil it but I'm just like oh, those, are, those are some valid fucking points dude yeah that's I can't wait to talk about it on my other show We Are Marvel available wherever you listen to podcasts yeah, um, definitely should yeah uh, because like I love it Mm-hmm. but even just not spoilers because we know that you know alfred molina's back as doc ock and yeah stuff. that was like, yeah that seeing, was in the trailer yeah like seeing that stuff is great because it pulls out that nostalgia in me mm-hmm. and makes me go oh my god this is so fantastic but then step away from that and it's like what if i wasn't me mm-hmm. and was just some kid who's only seen this version of spider-man what does that mean to me yeah nothing yeah, exactly. He's just some cool-looking dude with mechanical arms. Right. And it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and so the thing <laughs> about that, too, also, like you're talking about with nostalgia, it's basically Cobra kai it. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong, like, I love all four seasons, like, a lot, but mm-hmm. the story's okay at best. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing every season, just some different variation, and what it does is it draws so hard on your nostalgia that, like, if you don't you don't watch the the original three movies or you know the two offshoots mm-hmm. like it means nothing it's like okay why do i care that you're showing this version from johnny lawrence or why do i care that you know you are bringing back every single villain that's ever like why i don't care about john crease like yeah. you know what i mean so it's like yeah i, I get where you mean like 
That's why I've never watched Cobra Kai, because I don't care about the Karate Kid, and so I know I won't give a damn about this show. Yeah, you're just saving yourself four seasons of nothingness. Yeah, I get it. I really do. (laughs) But back to... But yeah, back to on top bring of us that, full circle, that the was remake a fun era. Tangent. Yeah, it peaked in 2009 under the releases of My Bloody Valentine, Friday the 13th, Last House on the Left, as well as 2010's Nightmare on Elm Street. And those actually, I have like. seen all those, and I actually think I saw all those in theaters too, because yeah. I think I had saw My Bloody Valentine before I had seen the original, and I okay. actually liked like, I, and that was the cool thing is I didn't know the twist, which yeah. is the same, mm-hmm. but like. Yeah, I was watching this. I, I like Jensen Ackles, even though his acting yeah. tends to be Days of Our Lives-ish, which obviously mm-hmm. were you know, a big part of his acting was you know soap opera, stuff like that. Like, you see it in Supernatural, which I, I love the all 15 seasons of that. But, like, I remember watching that movie, and I'm like, this is okay. I dig it. I dig the town. Mm-hmm. I dig the vibe. Like, all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah. And that's it. That is uh, the history of slashers in a tidy little one-hour nutshell. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm surprised that. I and, and honestly, like, and just kind of cutting it off right there because we could probably tangent for another thirty minutes or so about oh, different yeah. stuff like that. But we'll we'll leave a little meat on the bone for future content. And that's there's plenty more to dive into. I tried to streamline it as best I could. Go more, yeah, on, this is do more of a commercialized. Research more uh, uh, commercialized remakes and all that kind of stuff too there's plenty to dive into love the slasher genre it's never going away like it can't there's as long as there's horror movies there's going to be slashers and we're in for it as long as they're good yeah we got nine months ten months until halloween ends i can't wait to talk about that see how they're going to wrap that up Mm -hmm. um uh, the, Friday the 13th, I think the the lawsuit's over with that, so hopefully we'll get yeah. some new content there. God, I hope so. Um, like I still want Jason in the snow. I don't know what it is, but that just sounds so fucking cool. Well, that me. was like when we talked about um, with um, movies that we wanted to see and listening to Tony Todd talk about you know what Candyman 4 was supposed to be, and it was exactly that. It was Candyman in the snow. The contrast of you know being... A black man in white snow and then mm-hmm. you know obviously bloody snow and stuff like that like visually i want that so yep. bad and even if they mm-hmm. you know continue to make like they make another Candyman sequel and they're like let's you know realize that vision <laughs> somehow like i yep. i'm with you like there's just not enough snowy slashers yeah. all right We've chattered on long enough. I got no. stuff to do. Yeah, I know I, you do too. Yeah. So, I know it's hard to what, stop once you get the train rolling. Having a good time talking about my love. That's <laughs> what slashers I'm here for. Already. Ruin our fun. So, without much further ado, what is the next movie we're going to do? I'm taking a cop out on this one, man. I was really hoping that Scream was going to be available streaming. for streaming so that way we could have watched it and covered it if I, there's a way that i can find a version of that for you like with spider-man i will do that mm-hmm. I, obviously yeah. um but since we're not gonna do that it, <clears throat> excuse me and we covered psycho last we're gonna do american psycho next nice. Which I'm actually excited to talk about, and not just so yeah. much of the play on words, but like American Psycho. Like I really do like that movie. It's fucking yeah, it's weird. Great. I haven't watched it in a long time, but <laughs> and I'm, I'm Christian looking... Bale, Batman. You know, whatever, you, however you feel about Batman, mm-hmm. which I love, but like he can do some great stuff. Yeah, Christian Bale, his performances, he never half-asses it. Like, you know, watching this and then, you know, what was it? The machinist, like just the body transformations themselves, like how he went from being jacked to fucking rail thin back to beefy for Batman Begins and all that kind of stuff. Just like if you haven't seen this movie, I would say watch it just for that, because the man puts everything into it. And his portrayal as Patrick Bateman is captivating. And just, I can't wait to, I kind of want to research it before I watch it because even as many times as I've seen it, half a dozen times plus, I still don't know if I have the movie figured out, which I don't know if it's meant to be figured out, but like, (laughs) I, I can't wait to talk about it. And it just seemed perfect to do American Psycho on the heels of the original Psycho. Fair enough. All right. Well, until get this train rolling. Well, until then, 
Um, we will, um, yeah, we'll get out of here. Uh, you can find us on all the social media platforms. We're on Facebook at Pod and Gore Podcast. We have the page. We got the group. Um, you can email us at podandgore@gmail.com. I fucked up my order here. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Gore underscore Pod. Uh, we're on the Slasher app. There's no shortages of ways to get a hold of us. Express your opinions, comments, concerns. Make sure to like, rate, review us, share us with a friend. Um, our numbers were looking pretty decent with the listeners count, so we really do appreciate that. We hope that um, yeah. dropping the episodes doesn't, you know, halt that. But we will see how that goes. Um, but like you said, just it's been a while since we've gotten any reviews. It's been over a year, so if you haven't right. done that, please, you know, shoot us straight. Be honest. I mean, we've gotten informal reviews, but. Um, doing it through the channels definitely helps with discoverabilities this could Mm -hmm. be somebody's favorite new show which we've actually heard quite a few times they just don't know it yet like let somebody know share it share it um if you've reviewed us and we haven't um you know thanked you or given you credit or read your review on air you know email us what it was and we'll definitely make sure to you know thank you yeah, properly sure. um so definitely appreciate it yeah and so yeah we'll get out of here um mm-hmm. we appreciate you guys listening as always and we'll see you guys here soon with american psycho until then we've been your hosts my, my name is Justin. and my name is brandon sorry i fucked we'll up that one time. too <laughs> i thought you were pausing for me <laughs> i know i'm yeah i'm my outro is all out of whack someday you'd think 80 plus episodes in i'd have it nailed down it's ever changing (laughs) all right but uh we'll get out of here we'll see you guys next time bye bye